electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Microsoft's multi-billion dollar investment into OpenAI and its all-out embrace of ChatGPT could now be the subject of a merger investigation in the European Union. Why is it always Europe? It's Tuesday, January 9th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. The European Commission, more than just signaling it's looking at Microsoft and OpenAI, all out going on the record saying it's going to take a closer look at that deal, at how AI companies are being funded, D, these large investments from the big into the small D. And yeah, it's it's always Europe. It's always Europe. I feel like that should be our tagline on tech <laughs> regulation for the last like 10 years. But you know, why do we care? Because we're always going through these cases. And even though the European regulators are more aggressive, it usually amounts to a fine, which amounts to a speeding ticket or you know, like a slap on the hand for these tech companies. It doesn't really change much other than take a few billion dollars off of their balance sheets where the billions are flush. Um, but they have been more aggressive and you know, arguably more effective, right? Than their American counterparts and regulating big tech. This is no exception. You made an interesting point. I don't know if you meant to do this, but you said it's going on the record. The European Commission's going on the record, and that's true because the FTC is doing something similar, but it's not as vocal about it. And sort of an interesting contrast. And when Europe goes over tech companies, they really go all out. Yeah, I was going to say that we, we should stop here and quote some of these the the quotes in the European Commission press release because the FTC is a much murkier. Um, yeah, I shouldn't say murkier. It's just that American regulatory agencies tend to not put out press releases and do interviews and comment. Uh, you know, until mm-hmm. there's an action or a lawsuit, and and in Europe they have sort of no problem. Uh, you know, putting out a press release and and appearing to be, I think, more more muscular. So, so they yeah. put out this press release this morning. Um, First of all, they're asking for information and feedback on the AI market overall, how it functions, how it can remain competitive. Then secondly, they say they're looking at, quote, some of the agreements that have been concluded between large digital market players and generative AI developers and providers. The European Commission is investigating the impact of these partnerships on market dynamics. So clearly looking at the, the Microsofts and the NVIDIAs and the you know Googles well, they pouring. They call out. They call out Microsoft and OpenAI. That's right? what I was going to say. The and the then thirdly, example. yeah, you think it's going to be oblique and then you keep reading and they just come out and say, <laughs> and we're looking at Microsoft and OpenAI and whether that deal might be reviewable under merger regulation. Right. And it is kind of refreshing how they all just lay it out there, whereas you kind of get it in drips and drabs from the FTC or the DOJ, just sort of a different way of doing things. Um, but I think what's notable here is that this is AI, so it's still a relatively new industry. And we talk all the time about how regulators are fighting yesterday's battles. But the idea that they're looking at these deals and trying to figure out if they need to be examined closer or investigated, it's important to note that the regulators this time on both sides of the Atlantic, 
So the FTC is reportedly looking into this and the European Commission and the UK Competition Authority as well, by the way. So they're in lockstep. And this tells us that maybe they're more nimble than they have been and that they're going after AI deals in the early stages. Um, so as I mentioned, the FTC in Washington, it's also reportedly looking into the Microsoft OpenAI deal specifically. And I've said this before on the podcast and on TV that this was interesting because it came just a few weeks after FTC chair Lena Khan's visit to San Francisco. I was in the audience at Y Combinator when she was asked about this and it didn't feel like she was going to go after them. She said kind of, okay, we're thinking about it. But then a few weeks later, there was this report that they're thinking about it in, you know, more of a concrete way. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Lena Khan was in San Francisco, and now also who happens to be in San Francisco is yes. the commissioner from the EU who is in charge of competition and antitrust. Her name is Margaret Vestager. She is sort of famous and infamous uh, for the you know aggressive approach that she has taken to uh, regulating tech companies and you know perceived antitrust she's, abuses. She's- She's like the original enforcer. It feels like that's what the Biden administration was trying to do with Jonathan Cantor and Lena Khan, these sort of bulldog enforcers that had, right. you know, a hard and but good. She's been doing it for whatever, for 10 yeah. years, for 15 years. Best a year. Yeah. She's, she's someone who, you know, big tech should be someone afraid of because she has, you know, gotten billion dollar fines out of them. And in some cases, She's even caused business practices to change, right? There's an example late last year of Apple using its rivals use um, its payment system to sort of avoid a huge fine and more scrutiny from her agency, Marguerite Bestayer's agency. Um, so, so she's going to be here. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that she's going to meet with with Tim Cook. She's going to meet with mm-hmm. uh, Sundar Pichai from uh, from Google, our Laura Batchelor, um, our producer, put all this together, confirmed all these meetings. So mm-hmm. Tim Cook, Sundar Pichai. Um, Broadcom CEO Hawk Tan, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang. And then she's meeting with OpenAI, not with Sam Altman, uh, who's apparently busy, but she's meeting with the CTO and chief strategy officer from Was that the line? He's busy? No, I don't know. It was just just the list of of who she's meeting with. (laughs) Yeah, but I did notice that. He wasn't on it, but the CTO and chief strategy officer are on that list. Um, And you know, they call it, or at least Lena Khan called it while she was here listening tours, right? It informs how they think about big tech and regulating and enforcing antitrust when they go back to their respective agencies and, you know, home bases. So as we've said, you know, she Marguerite Vestager is such an important figure because she's arguably been the most effective. And you could say that, you know, the regulators in DC have been playing a little bit of catch up. But we always talk about this, like, why do we care? Because it never moves the stock price. And Wall Street seems to be complacent. And I understand why, because like we kind of said at the top, it usually leads to speeding tickets, not huge changes in the business models. But I think as we kick off a fresh year of 2024, and a lot of these lawsuits are going to go through the system and come to fruition, it, it could be different this time. And not necessarily that these lawsuits are going to be won, because we know that even if even if the regulators do win and there's enforcement, there's appeals that can take months and even years. But the information that comes out of them has proved to be so important. Like the yeah, eighteen they, or they nineteen billion a, dollars. Yeah, they provide it. They provide a view Google inside the Apple. companies. Yeah, and their strategy. I mean, I also think that if you see Microsoft's investment in OpenAI 
as a as a sort of change in strategy, right? Because they the Microsoft was in the midst of completing Activision Blizzard. And if they thought to themselves, oh, I'm not sure we can complete another full acquisition of a company, but what if we just took a huge investment in a company, then we would bypass you know antitrust scrutiny. And now they're getting the antitrust scrutiny anyway. You know, you you do see business practice change because of the posture of of regulators, even if the regulators don't end up in the end. Um, yeah. You know, the fines don't do that much. You could wonder, too, whether Microsoft got a non-observational board seat on OpenAI's board because it wanted to avoid more antitrust scrutiny. Exactly. Would they have taken sort of a more standard board seat had they not been getting this attention? So these are all questions that I think we'll continue to ask throughout this year, especially as some of these these lawsuits get underway. And I also just want to point out, you know, one last thing is that uh, the title of the press release that the EU put out is uh, Commission Launches Call for Contributions on Competition in Virtual Worlds and Generative AI. So they're actually looking at two things. (laughs) AI is the one that you and I focused on, but they're also talking about the metaverse and about, um, Mm -hmm. you know, virtual reality and augmented reality. And I do think it's Mm -hmm. interesting that when you think about the companies involved there, you've got Apple coming out with their product. You've got the meta, the meta Facebook product. You have the Microsoft HoloLens product. You know, I mean, maybe you could argue that Snap has some thing here, but but really the 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 big players in this are the big, right? We we don't have a small virtual reality startup that has you know blown up. It's 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 the the big players who are getting involved. It comes a day after Apple released its launch date for the Vision yeah. Pro. Yeah. So, you know, the, the the European regulators, they are watching. I'm on, on top of it. a related but kind of separate note. Um, I've had a lot of Europeans in San Francisco this week. And the Irish finance minister, Michael McGrath, was here. And I got a chance to sit down with him. And he was here to talk about tax structures and cooperation. Um, but I asked him sort of for his, his outlook on antitrust scrutiny in the year ahead. And he kind of he said he said that we're going to see more regulation in 2024. He said that this year is going to be a year when the system of regulation in Europe becomes more established, right? We've got the Digital Markets Act and companies are trying still trying to figure out the impact of that. Um so it was interesting to hear from him especially because Ireland and Silicon Valley have sort of a long very interconnected history and we'll certainly be watching Marguerite Vestier's visit here. And I'm hoping to get a chance to sit down and talk with her. She is always fascinating and always so smart on this stuff. So um, we'll bring that to you if we get it. So for now, tune in tomorrow. See ya. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.